you want to win the SEO game, just give Google what they want. Give them high quality content. Make it relevant. Make it fresh. Make it real. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 76 of the very warm and hopefully motivating waters of Freedom Ocean. I am Timbo Reed, and over there on the other Lilo is James Shramko. You were almost like you were going to say my name that time. I know. I, was, I, was, I know. I wanted to say Jimmy James Shramko because I just kind of like the syntax of that, but I like kind of you know, handballing over to you to introduce yourself. Well, you've got like you've got the Timbo Reed thing. I have, mate. Going on. You need the Jimmy James thing. Yeah, <laughs> lovely Lila, you're on. Sort of a big pink pelican, giant pink pelican type setup. You know, uh, interestingly, uh, when I'm watching some of these surfing documentaries, Lilos were a big deal back in the day, back in the '60s. They were doing some pretty spectacular stunts on Lilos, the old really? rubber mats, and they were filming inside the, the tubes on these things. There was a, a guy called um, George Greenow who mm. pretty much designed the modern fin for the, the surfboard, that sort of sharkish, rakish thing. Mm. He was a real pioneer, and he used to have a, that one of those Lilo mats. And, and uh, then I was watching a recent documentary about our, our Wayne Lynch down there, mm. uh, the guy who used to go, you know, off the coast with those huge sharks, and that he—he's using those rubber mats now with his kids. Wow, I, I can still smell them. Uh, can you? I, I mm. did have a lilo. I had a little surf mat. Go down the surf beach with the family. I can still smell that material. Brings back very fond memories. You wouldn't think they'd be that hydrodynamic, but it's pretty much like they've got you know multiple concaves just channeling the water between the tubes, so they can pretty much stay on track. I want a photo. Amazing. Jimmy, if you down at Manly, carve <laughs> on my up pink pelican, on a lilo. yeah, yeah. You know, I do, I do ride a foamy sometimes just for fun. That is, that is actually like the uber cool craze now is, is to surf really well on one of those foam boards, uh, like the surf school has, but a lot of them are using slightly shorter ones. The instructors they're doing some unbelievably spectacular moves, like dragging a hand, getting tubed, grabbing a rail on these sort of foam boards. I can put a picture on the post if you want. Do, mate. But yep. uh, right now, any new listeners will probably think they've We've tuned lost in them all. To a yeah. sur- <laughs> into a surfing podcast, yep. which wouldn't be a bad thing, but it, I'd have very limited kind of input there because I don't surf. I do love surfing, but don't. You ride bikes. We covered that in the last episode. Yeah, we did, mate. I'm still in plaster. Spectacular injuries from your your uh, learning curve. Hey, what's the most emo- – this is not an end-of-year show. I don't know whether we're going to do an end-of-year show. You're about to head off and travel. But um, for you, we are in mid-December. What's the most amazing thing that's happened to you this year? And it doesn't have to be business-related, just something where you look back and go, wow. It's definitely uh, I've dropped 10 kilos. I'm fitter than I have been for 15 years and I – I'm reasonably competent at a new skill, a la surfing. I, I'm just, it's just like completely life changing. It really is. It's just, a, it's mm-hmm. the, the dramatic thing is how far you can go in one year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the, you know, I'm, I'm just going to. How many hours do you reckon you've done? You haven't done your 10,000, but how many have you done? Oh, not even close. Yeah. I was, I was trying to calculate how long it would take me to get 10,000 hours. Like if you went, uh, if you were, 
able to go twice a day for a whole year. That's like 700 surfs and you generally you know, it could be somewhere half an hour to one hour, you know, f- on average. Let's say you managed to put in 700 hours a year, which is pretty optimistic. Uh, it's going to take mm-hmm. you, a, you know, a decade to get even close to a, a masterful level. And and the experienced surfers mm-hmm. that I know, they say, look, you're still learning even after 20, 30 years, you're still getting challenged. It's not an easy sport. If people knew how hard it is, they wouldn't even start it. I think you never stop getting challenged. I reckon anyone, you know. We both speak to a lot of successful people and I think one of their great gifts is that they love continually to be challenged. Right. Well, I very rarely meet someone who goes, I know it all. In fact, I don't think I actually have met someone who said, I know it all, you know. Well, that's like they're the most dangerous words in the English language, I know. Mm. When, as soon as you know, you're closed off. Here's the thing about surfing and, and a, a little bit about the sport that I used to do, which was sailing you're up against continually changing elements. And I think that is the perfect training ground and a wonderful segue to what we're talking about today is SEO and domain names because I have built a reflex to be able to deal with constant change. Changing of environment is how you master the game these days. And Mm. other sports, some other sports, uh, let's say ping pong, uh, tennis, uh, whatever, like – you're dealing with the same criteria every time. It's not exactly the same. Mm. Uh, and, you know, like you've got the same board, same bat, same ball. So it's a different type of skill set that you're developing. Well, we both certainly live in a landscape that is constantly changing uh, from my point of view with just the, the general marketing of small business and from yours, which the online world. It's pretty tidal, you know. It just it, it is constantly changing and it causes a lot of stress and anxiety for Business owners, because people aren't because people aren't they're not trained to deal with change. In fact, well, they're just kind of like trying to they're trying to batten down the hatches with their business, and then they look across to the marketing landscape or to the financial landscape or all these other landscapes, and they're just constantly on the move. So they're trying to get their business under control. Maybe they should. Maybe they should uh, try and introduce a little bit more flexibility in the way they view things. Oh, I've said it before. Like encourage change, celebrate change. Everything's moving. Like the plant grows into a tree. Uh, you know, the, the tides move in and out. The sun goes up and down, uh, you know, or, or it actually stays where <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We, we're spinning. But, you know, the point is everything's always moving. Why would we Why would we get fixated on this idea that things should be static? And that's where comfort creeps in and that's where, you know, all this wastage happens. When people get too comfortable and they expect things to stay the same and they don't, the stress is optional. Yeah. That's my main point. What was your big thing for the year? What was the big Timbo moment? Oh, I'm going to give you two, one personal, one business. The personal one was only last week just getting out and, and attempting to do this nine-day bike ride with my daughter, only three days in and busted my arm, but realized at what a good thing it is to have a big personal goal and it's kind of a set me up for next year. To, I'm already going to do it next year and just kind of making sure I have some personal focus. Um, I'm one of those ones who can get stuck in the busyness of business and um, and forget to do some personal stuff. So I loved what I did last week, the community, the achievement, people's stories, just just a whole lot of stuff. And like I'm not a bike rider. I literally bought a bike three, three months ago. So to me, that was a wonderful thing to do. Disappointed I didn't finish it, but I'll look back on that as a really powerful part of my year. The other one 
was checking into the Beverly Hills Hilton and at the same time as Barack Obama and his men were doing it and I literally just had to stop and reflect and go, how did I get here? And it was just a direct result of, of, of really leaning into my podcasting for five years. I was asked to speak over at a conference in Disneyland and uh, or at Disneyland Convention Center. I did that. We spent the last night at the Beverly Hills Hilton for a gala ball and the president was checking in and I just thought that was, that was weird. Uh, only to be topped by on the same day walking to the Ralph Lauren store in Rodeo Drive and Jennifer Aniston was standing there. So um, I think that actually topped, topped the president. <laughs> but, but my point, you know, like that's – did, yeah, did yeah. she recognize you? She, Timbo from yeah. Small Business Big Marketing. I said, Jennifer, stop it. <laughs> You're not Jennifer from Bad Bosses, are you? Have you seen Bad Bosses? Yep. Goodness me. Doesn't she look wonderful in that film? But that's another story. She's doing really well, you know. She sort of—it's like through the whole Friends series, yeah. she just gets better, better and better and better. Totally, like a fine wine. She's like the Penfolds Grange. Correct, correct. Big hello to Jennifer, and I know she listens to the show. Hello, Jen. So, um, there for me, that's and um, Barack. That was just a uh, the, the learning. That for- Timbo popped in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Did you give up your room for him? Oh, mate, he he. This Beverly Hills Hilton has two towers, and uh, he had. Uh, not the entire tower. He took three floors. He was in the middle floor, and obviously they emptied the one below and above him. So it's a president sandwich. It was a president sandwich. Blokes on the roof. They had mobile metal <laughs> detectors going into each lift. They had dogs and men in black, and you know it was um it was every, it was everything you expected. And then when he left, mm. um he obviously the cavalry, and he was he was just you know for, for for local people it wasn't that big a deal it would be like you know checking into a hotel and our prime minister being there which you go oh, yeah there's the pm but you know whatever but he did leave the cavalcade they blocked off the road and you know there were bloody you know 100 black cars you don't know which one's his and it was it was exciting it was exciting so let's hide the president let's <laughs> hide the president it's all these games it's so it sounds like so much fun <laughs> yeah yeah that's right Someone's got to do it. So, yeah, there you go, mate. It's been a good year. I think we've both had a really good year and hopefully we can share some of our insights into um, how others can have a good year. So, Jimmy, let's get stuck in then to um, the topic of this episode of Freedom Ocean. Uh, and in last in the last episode, you talked about the fact that you dumped a whole lot of domain names and I certainly I'm mm-hmm. about to renew a whole lot and I'm sure there's listeners out there who are sitting on a few not knowing what to do. So I'd like to cover that and the question really is when should you decide to dump a domain name and how do you do it in order to optimize how much you get for that domain name? Okay, so… Should we do that and then we'll hop into to SEO? Yeah, let's have a look and it kind of interrelated yeah. and… It also sort of ties in with my biggest finding this year and it's just the continual refinement of how few things you really need to keep the core of the business going and a lot of the stuff we're focused on is just a waste, you know, this. Can I, can I just, this is going to be a digression, but it's actually something that's been, I've been mucking around with this week a lot and um, it's that, you know, what you say, if, in saying no to things. Mm-hmm. The world really does open up and bring opportunities. Mm-hmm. And like, so for example, domain names. I don't know. I reckon I've got certainly a hundred, probably mm-hmm. more sitting there. Mm-hmm. And whilst they and they cost money to roll over, not big money, but they cost money to roll over. But they also sit there in an intangible sense, weighing you down. They do. They're they're um, they're 
keeping you uh, strung to that hope, to that opportunistic idea that you had when you purchased it at three yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you it was were, about two thirty. When you were the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And you thought, oh, I've got the best idea ever. You go yeah. and register this domain. It's two or three. Your willpower is completely gone. You've gone. got no resistance. And then it, you you probably tick auto renew and it ticks over and then before you know it, a few years down the track you've you've blown forty or fifty dollars on this thing. Now you're invested in it. It's mm. hard to let go because you think, well, I'm going to lose that. So probably need a little bit of backstory as to how I ended up with 2,000 domains. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the short version is I could see that it makes sense to build out your own properties. It certainly did five or six years ago because it it made sense that um, it's an asset. You know, like it's like green fields with houses you can develop you can rent them you can sell them you can build them so in the beginning i bought quite a few domains to put my primary properties on but also i had some redirects for affiliate products my rule was if i was going to make more than ten dollars a year from an affiliate program i just get a domain that that matches it because it's very easy to remember i later moved to a, my own link shortener so i don't worry about that business model anymore the, the next thing was I had a, a small team and we were building out these websites and sometimes we were building them out to sell. And I did sell quite a few. I also bought quite a few pre-done websites, a couple of hundred at a time. I got good deals on those. And I ended up at, at sort of the maximum. I had close to 20 servers. I had uh, about I think 1,800 of the domains were developed and we were running a private blog network. And what that means is I had my own empire and because this had good content, they were WordPress sites, they were optimized well, I was able to create links to point to anywhere I wanted and that was very beneficial for search engine optimization. So over the last Mm -hmm. several years, we were able to rank just about anything very easily by uh, putting content on these sites that we had complete control over that no one else was playing with, no one else was contaminating, no one else was um, disrupting. And we were able to rank these sites, keep them clean, and it was just such a, a great game because um, we could charge people to have their site improved, which is what happened. And it was a wonderful business in, in that business. So basically you, would, you could charge people for backlinks on your blog network. We were charging people for SEO. Part of that was. But one of the primary special sources, I mean there's a lot of other elements, but one of the special sources was these links that only we could access. No one in the world could get them. Now there's, there's a lot of other private blog networks which were too public and they got taken out like big time. They just got decimated pulled out like uh, you know this they suspect that people reported them especially competitors it's quite a nasty game but their competitor will go in find their sites look for for patterns and footprints and then report them to google and have them completely disrupted and take out the competitor and there are a few famous ones but i saw some some sale documents for one of them it sold for millions of dollars and it was encouraging so I invested quite a lot on building out domains and some of the things I did differently to everyone else, I bought used domains that were premium names, that were good, clean backlink history and we built on them with good quality content. So that's why the site stood and 
you know, they, they still stood. The whole time we use them with clients, they stood. And we very rarely lost a site. When everyone else got slapped, you know, we'd lose one site here or there, but nothing like the others. And uh, it was fantastic. But that period's finished now because mm. with the, the tightening of SEO, one of the major changes that Google did was this penguin. And that puts a lot of focus on backlink ratios and the number of links and the anchor text use. And that effectively made links a little bit less easy to manipulate than they were before. And then they've continually updated their algorithm. Like pretty much every day, the algorithm's updated. One and a half times a day, apparently. Yeah. So it's, it's a constantly moving game. The, the, big, the big animal of uh, weapon of theirs is this penguin. And you know, it, it gets updated often and it's, I think it's up to about its sixth release now. I thought they did like – because pe- penguin was replaced by hummingbird, was replaced by pigeon. No, no. The, the pe- penguin is like – it's like a it's like a side one. Yeah, it's like Yosemite. It's it's like the big like, like Apple have Yosemite or Mavericks or like that's the kind of main operating system. And then the- Pe- Penguin is the one that that really goes for spammy, optimized SEO things. That's the most dangerous ones for um, SEO companies mm-hmm. because it's the one that sort of put a restriction. It says, "Oh, okay, if more than X amount of links uh, are." Um, that present then it's being manipulated. So they look for mass solicitation of link exchanges. They look for buying and selling links on high page rank sites. They're specifically after link networks, auto-generated stuff. So that was the really dangerous one for SEOs. Now, when that came out, most of our clients improved results because we weren't doing the things that other companies do. We don't do automation we didn't do spammy links. We weren't using publicly available networks. But the underlying theme for for Google is actually the Panda. And the Panda is like the main operating system that they're using. And, and uh, that's basically the one that is sort of constantly updated. That's the overlying one. The other ones were just sort of little micro ones. And quite often when they update it, they say it's going to affect like 1% of things on the web. So mm-hmm. it's you know the little ones attacking specific things. It was the penguin that that really went for SEO companies. Panda is just sort of a major one. But what what does it mean? Ultimately, it means that less manipulation, more focus on page. So our company's metamorphosized to the point where we knew this was happening years ago, and we took our own websites out of our linking maps and decided not to rely on them because we could see a time where they weren't going to be allowed to be used or we wouldn't get away with it. So what we did is we pushed them off to the side and then the you know then some of these um, link reporting tools came out like toxic links and they show webmasters links that they think aren't the right sort of links and then people submit this to Google and it's like a policing system that Google created for people to report sites. And some of our sites got fingered in that, which was which meant we, you know, we couldn't use those and we effectively had to turn them off. And turning them off was no penalty to the client because um, we were effectively doing them a favour. If, if Google didn't like those links and we turned them off, it was exactly the same as if they'd had them removed. And what happens is Google keep updating they refresh their um, algorithmic updates and they go back and say, okay, let's refresh it. 
let's see if you've still got those. Mm. Oh, they've gone. We're going to give you a boost. So for the few sites that got uh, tainted by that uh, process, it sort of resolved itself. So what we've done uh, lately is decided that the effort to sell the websites themselves is greater than the effort to sell just the domain. So I'm going to offer you an easy way to get rid of domains without having to worry about trying to sell websites. If you, know, if you want to sell websites for a lot of money, be prepared to work at it. Like if you're selling a house, like if you're selling any other business, you're going to have to prepare mm. a sale book. You'll have to show people's analytics, statistics. You'll have to reassure them, go through the sales process. Or you can do what I do and we just log on to the server, we delete the site, and then we list the domain for sale in a marketplace and it sells automatically you know, and it gets transferred automatically and the money gets put into your account. And that's the way that I've preferred to, to sell the majority of them. And then the other option is I just let them lapse. I don't even renew them because I don't think they're worth $10. And uh, in this, mm-hmm. you know, we've all got domains that aren't worth 10 bucks. horribly hyphenated ones mm. or dot bizzes or uh, ones that have trademark <laughs> terms. Those <laughs> ones you just let go. They're, they're not worth anything. I've got to laugh. Can I just tell you, there's one that I, I'm toying with this week and you don't know this. So listeners, um, James didn't know that I had this domain and it is both hyphenated and .biz. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> what it is. Classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, tell me it's got a trademark and we get the tra- the hat trick, you know. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't got – well, I don't think it has. Um, it's w-w-w.biz. Right. Right. And I've got – it's one of those ones I go – that's a good one. World Wide Web, .biz, what internet developer or designer wouldn't want that puppy? Well, may I be the first to put my hand up and save it? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's gone? Yeah, look, there's a few tests you can, you can do. There's a great website. I'll, I'll list this resource. It's called DN Sale Price. And DN Sale Price allows you to just – get some basic education on how to value a domain and it certainly lists previous domain it tells you how to value domain sometimes it's based on prices paid in the past in any case it might be what someone paid for a domain before it might be what it's worth to somebody else so like coke.com would be worth a lot to coke but they could just come and take it from you anyway because they would definitely own the trademark for it so you know big rookie mistake people go and register names like you know iphone apple site.com like don't waste your time registering a trademark domain it can be taken from you uh it's you know it's not smart to make money off someone else's name if it's got lots of hyphens it's not going to pass the phone test it's very hard to explain over the telephone Uh, then there's ones where you've got multiple variations if you have the word for for example is it the number four is it for is it F-O-R-E? Uh, there's, there's so many variations that it uh, you have to register like seven or eight to make it, you know, to own that property. So they're generally quite tricky domains. And you also have got this proliferation of top-level domains coming in. You've got clubs and memberships and all this sort of stuff, Ninja. So this has sort of made the marketplace a little bit crowded and, and messy. Still think .com is the king. And I've got a simple methodology now with all of the domains. I've simply split them into groups. Ones I want to keep and ones I want to get rid of, right? That's the first one. If I'm going to keep it, then obviously it's a core site like my primary domain where my blog is or it's an essential redirect or it's uh, a link tracker or something. Now, I reckon I've probably only got 
50 domains that I would actually need to keep, like my personal name, etc. Everything else is to get rid of. Now, in the get rid of, I classify it into three main categories. One is to just dump it. Second is to list it for sale as uh, a domain only. And the third one is to list it for sale as a domain but in a more premium marketplace because I really think it's valuable. The ones I'm putting in the premium marketplace, I keep on auto-renew because I won't let them lapse. The ones that I list the domain for sale in the regular marketplace, I will actually let the auto-renew switch it off and if it doesn't sell, it goes. And the dump are where I just delete it out of my account because no one's going to buy it. It's not even worth the effort to list it for sale. What's the standard market? Where's which is the best standard marketplace and which is the best premium marketplace? And right, so the the easy way to get rid of a domain. Let's say you're a cracker there. Uh, w hyphen w dot biz. Um, where is it currently <laughs> held? GoDaddy. Right, so GoDaddy have an auction marketplace. So you could just go into your account. You could turn off auto renew. So that if it doesn't sell, you're not renewing it because you don't want to like put it this way. My renewal every year is twenty grand, mm. and uh, and my service to host that many sites, sixteen hundred a month. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of expensive. So turn mm-hmm. off auto renew, then you click on it and list it for sale in the GoDaddy marketplace, and you can uh, put a price on it, or you could send it off to auction, and see what happens. If someone buys it, then you'll have to do a little bit of work. They'll need you to um, enter some codes and stuff. Now, another Mm -hmm. place that a lot of people have stored sites is Namecheap, and that's a much easier marketplace. With Namecheap, you just click on it, list it for sale, put the price. I don't let them negotiate. I just say that's the price. You can list the period that you want it uh, sitting there for. Don't worry if it's longer than, you know, if you, if you want to do something with it in between when it sells, you can always go and unsell it. You can list it and take it off the market again. Do you, do you have to have your name, does the domain have to be with Namecheap in order to sell it on Namecheap? Uh, not necessarily. I, hmm. I think uh, I'll explain another way to do this. But with Namecheap, uh, you just list it for sale. If someone buys it, this is the cool part. They'll just transfer it into the other person's account and put the money into your account. Nothing, there's no paperwork required, no click and confirms, nothing. It just disappears and the money appears. And for me, that's been fantastic. So most mornings I'll wake up and see a domain sale. And on this marketplace, I'm selling anything that I think is not worth more than a few hundred bucks. I think the maximum they allow is like $1,000. Oh, $1,000. They won't sell anything more than a thousand for No, but I I don't think you're going to sell yours for more than a thousand bucks just quietly. But uh, like if I was selling yours, I would probably list it for like, $17 $17 or something. I'd just wow. get out of it for the last two renewals and, and think I was lucky. Yeah. But the. Go and get a burger. Yeah. Anything that you sell between like $10 and $20 is going to sell pretty quickly. Uh, and it usually sells just before the expiry date on the listing because they show the, the about to expires on their feature page. Right. Now, for a domain that's worth more than $1,000, I go over to After Nick and I'll list it there. After, it doesn't matter where Nick. it's. After Nick, after N-I-C ah. dot com. And you can list it no matter where it's hosted. And the, this is more of an escrow service. So uh, if, if you list your domain, you put the price, you put the maximum that – you put what you want for it, you put the minimum you'll accept for it if, if the sales service gets involved. And basically it 
if it sells, which I had one recently sell uh, for a couple of thousand bucks, someone bought it. I get sent a note saying they bought it. Uh, they've put the money into an escrow account. Now you have to release the domain to them and then let us know when you've done that. So I go and release it. I, and then I say I've done it, and then it's okay. We've released the funds for you, so that's like a, it's a little more steps, but it's worth it because the domain costs more. How much do they take? I can't remember. So, it's not that so the, much. Big, the it's like ten percent or something. Right. I just made that up. The, the big question is still then okay. So you've given us the premium marketplace. You've given us the um, the cheapo marketplace. Yeah, um, and, and just and remember, you've got to work out is this is this effort worth it for this crappy domain? In most cases, you're better just to turn off auto renew and and list it for sale, you know, for three minutes and then just forget about it. It, it just it either sells or it gets lapsed. That's probably the easiest. Yeah, but but I think the outstanding question is, and I would certainly feel like I don't know what they're worth. Like you've given us some criteria for valuing a domain. Um, dot coms are the best. Um, hyphen the more hyphens, the harder it is for the phone. Any hyphens? Well, any hyphens pretty much suck. Sucks for phone test. Um, Other things are like uh, if it has backlinks uh, or PageRank, but Google's phasing out public PageRank updates. They're probably never going to update it again. Wow. Does it get traffic? Is it a type-in word? You know, obviously brandables like. Um, kitchensinks.com or something like that could suit an e-commerce store. So is it worth somebody is it worth something to someone? Now, other ways to sell it are to go and actually approach people and say, "Hey, I've got the domain." Like you probably get those emails, I get them every day. Mm-hmm. We've got the similar name to yours, do you want to buy it? I just hit spam button, like, yeah. seriously. And the other thing is I turned off my privacy so that people can see my contact details and often I'll be approached by someone wanting to buy it. So the last 10 premium domains that I sold, people came to me asking if I'd sell it and I replied back, yes, I would. I look at how much I paid for it. I look at how much I think it's worth to them. I do a bit of research and I'll set a price that, uh, you know, I think is good price for me but that they will pay and then they buy it. And that's happened several times and I use escrow.com to mm. facilitate that. Don't just take a PayPal payment because they can get the domain and then reverse it. Yeah, so be right. careful with payment on this. Just treat it like any other transaction. Do you reckon it's a scrow or escrow? I don't know. Um, it's escrow. Escrow, escrow. It's a pretty tomato. crazy name. Sales commission, I think it's 15% for, for Afternick, which mm-hmm. is fine. It, it, but basically that's going to put it across all the websites. Yeah, right. Uh, there's like two levels. You'd have a 20% uh, ah. premium or just through the network. But that's still lots and lots of sites, massive exposure compared to the other one. Yeah. Now, of course, some people just go and type in the domain they want and they see yours is there. Um, so one little step I left out is when I list a domain for sale, I delete it off my server and then I repoint the domain back to the domain registrar and quite often they'll say uh, this domain's for sale and it links to its marketplace. Don't understand that. Go through that again. Your domain at, at the registrar, quite often it's pointed to your server. Mm-hmm. I point it back to the domain registrar. Usually there's a button that says transfer the DNS back to us mm-hmm. and it will then allow you to – basically when people type in that domain, it's just going to show the registrar and it might have a note that this is for sale uh, and it might yep. point to its listing. You've probably seen those. Doesn't it by default point back to the registrar? By default when you register one, yes, but mostly yeah. some of these domains you've, you've probably pointed to your server or built a yeah. site or had a go with it. I'm talking about ones that I've developed and we just delete them. 
So pointing it back to the registrar, gotcha. So they've got a default page that probably has a... And, and the big thing for us is it it's costs a lot of resource to update, manage, host, and, and run a website, much more mm. than people think. So mm. the goal these days is to have the least amount of sites possible, ideally one authority site, a big, powerful site, like small business, big marketing is. Mm or superfastbusiness.com, those are powerful authority sites. If you put all your energy into that, there's the least resource required, it's the easiest to do, and all the rest are just, you know, they're just ideas and pipe dreams that aren't going to come to fruition. Get real about it. And just, yep. just uh, like you said, every time you say no to something, it opens up opportunity, and that's because it means that it's no longer weighing you down, it's no longer consuming energy, it's no longer taking financial resource, it's not there anymore. Mm. And for us, we had a great run with our domains. We invested in it, we built them out, we monetized it with SEO. We've found a new way to do it a few years ago that doesn't require that asset. So we're able to sell off the assets, close down the servers, recoup that cash, continue on with the SEO business, importantly, because we've adapted and changed to the way that Google want it to work now. We don't need these private blog networks because no one else can use them either. So it's like the arms races come Mm. to a, a manageable level where you don't need these expensive machines anymore. Love it. Well, there's a sort of task to do over the, uh, the Christmas break, the Christmas New Year break, depending on how many you've got, of course. But um, <laughs> it ta- you know what? It takes a, a surprisingly long time to list them. Yeah, I can I, imagine. It, it, it took me, took me, I think, five hours to list 200 domains for sale because you have to put in a description. You have to price it. I have to go and check how much I paid for it. I have to delete it, get it deleted off the server, and I have to point it back to thing and turn off auto renew. It's, it's, uh, if you're using GoDaddy, it's much easier to do this stuff in bulk. If you're using Namecheap, it really sucks as an interface for bulk transactions. So yeah, right. um, it's, it, you know, this is the thing. When you commit to a domain, you're actually committing future time to have to manage a thing. And even to get out of these things is very, very time intensive and labor intensive. So I'm going to be really looking forward to the day when I've just got a few left. I'm focused focus my attention in less places and less risk, less resource, less manageability. And, and you know, some of, the, some of the domains will go on and find a happy life with a new owner and uh, I'm happy if I can get back a year or two's worth of domain renewals on exit, I've done well. They're a classic example, Jimmy, of um, bright, shiny objects for many people. If you're not in the business of domains, then why would you actually go? And I'm as guilty as anyone. Why would you go and actually do it in the first place? You sort of see this bright, shiny object. You think it may generate a bit of cash flow, but in actual fact, it's almost done the opposite. It's been a bit of a cash flow suck and it adds a whole lot of uh, future time to what you're going to have to do. Yes, you definitely – you probably don't need all the domains in your portfolio. uh, Correct. I'm happy to – Happy to review your domains and give you my opinion on what they might be worth, Timbo, because uh, I, I've beauty seen a lot of – I've bought a lot, I've sold a lot, and uh, you know I've observed the auctions for probably five years now. So, <laughs> uh, have, you, have you gone and bought any TLDs beyond .com? Like I noticed there's, there's been a proliferation of recent times with dot, – there's like .melbourne, .sydney, there's .club, there's .… No, I, I'm not interested in them. The, the only couple I got were uh, a couple of dot me's and mm-hmm. some .co's when this first sort of round came through. Mm. Uh, but apart from james.me, I don't really rate 
me's or co's or or any other top level domain other than dot com for me top dot mm. com is king yep it's still the yeah. king it's it's definitely the blue chip stock yeah it is always will be we think in australia that dot au is really valuable but it, it, you know, you, you speak to someone in America and they go, I've never heard of .au. It's valuable to an Australian market business. business. It yeah. does give you an edge with your search engine optimization if you have mm. a local region and if you have local hosting, that can also help. It helps Google understand who you're, who you're trying to reach and it can give you an edge. So if you're predominantly an Australian business, like a, a tax firm or a a car dealership, you want to be using a .com.au. Uh, same goes for New Zealand.nz, you know, .co.nz or um, UK.co.uk. Uh, if, you're, if you're worldwide, I'd say a .com is still going to be the way to go. The, the Pigeon update of a couple of months ago did kind of help local businesses uh, a lot, didn't it? So if you are a local business and have a .com.au, for example, in Australia, then it's going to work to your advantage. Yes, because it, it seems to have benefited um, local directories. So yes. you're using local directories for the good ones, not the crappy ones. That that gave it a little bit of a boost. But ultimately, if you want to win the SEO game, just give Google what they want. Give them high-quality content. Make it relevant. Make it fresh. Make it real. Have your site loading fast. Make it work on any device. Make it obvious what people should do on the site when they get there. Don't go and get spammy links, Fiverr gigs, cheap tools, any type of robot automation or low price thing or anything from India, don't touch it. It will probably kill your site. Hello to all you Indian listeners. Yeah, no offense, but uh, there is a proliferation of bad practice coming from that region and I just wanted to say that Mm. as a general Mm. thing. It's not going to help you, especially if they're coming into your inbox offering you services and their their English is so bad that you can't even understand what it's trying to sell you. It's not going to be good content for your website. Hot tip. Um, use a high-quality content service if you're going to get help with this. Start with your own site and then work outwards from there. It's a wonderful thing about SEO that it has got to that. And it's, you know, it seems quite obvious, isn't it, that you Google want, and I, I reckon we said this 12 months ago, Google want really useful content. If you were to look at what I was saying five years ago, uh, it's pretty much the same message. It's just that some of the... The ways you could achieve the result had um, had there were some little shortcuts that were available that they've all been removed. This is no doubt this is a manual labor business now of actual humans doing actual content and any kind of shortcut or cheat is there's massive penalties. Like if if you trip the wire, your site can just drop out of the search engine and that's the danger. So when we're doing SEO for clients, we do a full report before we work on their site to make sure they don't have any of the basic errors. We don't touch jobs where we think someone's got a tainted website and we only do ethical, white hat, organic, by hand, work because it's all about preservation and sustaining the results that we get rather than short-term tricks. Love it. Well, that wraps it up, Jimmy, I reckon. That's a a wonderfully long and uh, important kind of description of how to get rid of domains or whether you should. I think the action step would be to reduce your domain portfolio, either sell off or dump unwanted domains and focus more energy on the winners that are working for you already. Mm Mm-hmm. And from an SEO point, uh, from SEO point of view, 
create helpful content, create content that is going to make the internet a more interesting place and Google will reward you accordingly. And put it on a domain that makes sense for your market. Aha. Uh-huh. Imagine that. Very obvious. All right, my friend, that's about it. You still on the lilo? <laughs> oh, yes, very relaxed. <laughs> very relaxed, yep. dangling the feet. Mate, uh, well done. Uh, have a lovely uh, year off away shortly. I'm sure we'll talk over the next month or two. That'll be wonderful. Well, we've done two episodes in a, in a week. We've actually recorded two episodes in a week, listeners, so um, we hope that'll get you That's through. Very exciting. It's very exciting. It's awesome to catch up. This, this, uh, I'm actually about to do another couple of episodes today. So Yeah, I think maybe this injury's done you some no good doubt. business-wise. There is no <laughs> doubt about that. It is absolutely – well – Sometimes forced things forced upon us, yep. and you know, like you, oh. you can look at things. Like when I went away and had no internet, I, I created, I got someone else to edit my videos, yep. and never did it since. Well, you look, you can, you choose how to react to something, you know. And I could have chosen to react to this in a way that was like, oh, you know what, absolute bummer. December's a waste. Now I can't do anything, or I can focus on what I can do. Uh, I'm using voice. Just talk. Just talk. I'm using. <laughs> oh my god, this is designed. It's for designed, you, mate. I'm using voice to text on the Mac. I am recording episodes of Freedom Ocean and Small Business Big Marketing. I'm making a lot of phone calls to people that I've been putting off, uh, ramping up some business for next year, and you know it's good. Sometimes we need that. Someone, you know, f- needs to force things upon us, and uh, that's what my <laughs> well, broken arm. Well, is. happy recovery. All and, good, mate. Uh, I hope you get a, a repaired arm for Christmas. <laughs> All right. Good on you, Jimmy. See you, listeners. Um, we'll see you next time out on Freedom Ocean. If you want to catch some of the links that James mentioned, and there were quite a few in this episode, head over to freedomocean.com. Probably the best thing to do is register there, uh, and we'll get you on our list, and you will be the first to know when an episode comes out. You will get the transcript of the episode, all the links to the things that we mentioned, and the resources. That is a good thing to do. And uh, until next time, have a wonderful week in your business. Thanks, Jimmy. Take care. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 